Hey listeners, welcome back to Partisan Voice. We're jumping right into this in episode two by uh, discussing one of the most controversial topics in American politics right now, which is race and racism. Now, I clearly remember a time back in 2019 where I was having a political conversation with my grandpa and he told me that he thought the biggest issue in American politics was abortion and that that was the issue that really put you on the right or the left uh, side of the aisle. However, after the events of the summer of 2020, and especially the George Floyd incident here in my home state of Minnesota, I would say that this issue is now race and what someone believes about racism. This week, I also have a guest joining us on the podcast, my good friend Jack Starkey. Uh, Jack has been my friend for my entire life, and the two of us will commonly enjoy discussing politics and our political views with one another. Uh, so we just thought that we would let you in on one of those conversations and at the same time shoot down one of the topics that I knew would need to be talked about on this podcast at some point. So once again, listeners, uh, Jack Starkey is joining us today. All right. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Jack. Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jack Jack just recently started homeschooling. Is that correct, Jack? When was that? Uh, I think it was um, about halfway through 2021. Well, it was like at the beginning of 2021. Right. So just okay. right through in the middle of the school year. Yeah. And so since then, uh, we've been able to uh, see one another a lot more, talk a lot more, um, and we, we really enjoy it. So yeah, once again, we thought we'd let you guys in on one of those conversations. So again, we're talking today about race and racism, specifically in America. So to start off, I think a very good place to start is to answer the question of what is racism? So according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, we'll just give this definition first, racism is a belief that race is a fundamental determinant of human traits and capacities, and that racial differences produce an, in, an inherent superiority of a, of a particular race. So, Jack, what do you think about that definition? So I think it's really interesting that uh, Merriam-Webster defined it like that, because um, Merriam-Webster, the as a company, or they have a reputation for being very left-leaning, mm -hmm. and um, one of the key... Like, one of the fundamental um, things that the left supports is, um, like, CRT and everything, critical, critical race, race theory. theory. Yeah. And uh, that um, critical race theory uh, says that anybody who is white is racist um, and is inherently inferior to black people, making... Um, and by that logic, right. that would make black people superior. So... Critical race theory, by the Merriam-Webster definition, is racist. Right, which is obviously strange for uh, a le more left-leaning dictionary to define it that way. But, I mean, good good for them. Props to them for... Um, okay. So, once again, that definition is a belief that race is a fundamental determinant of human, of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. So, with that definition in mind, I've compiled a list of things that our culture has deemed to be racist. And remember that all of these things are in the same category as Hitler, Jefferson Davis, and every slaveholder in the early centuries of America. So at the top of the list, of course, we have 
the police, and the Republican Party. These things have been deemed racist by our culture constantly. Uh, the police have, have even been, uh, people have tried to, to abolish or defund the police uh, because they have been proclaimed to be racist. <clears throat> Next, we get to the, the really good stuff. Border protection is actually racist. Being pro-life is racist. Not supporting the LGBTQ plus community is racist. Not taking a knee in honor of criminals who are murdered without evidence of racism is racist. White rappers are racist. Math is actually racist, in case you didn't know. Not being colorblind is racist. Being colorblind is racist. Voting laws are racist. Donald Trump, of course, is racist. The three million black people who voted for Donald Trump are racist. A 17-year-old shooting two white people in self-defense is racist. Black people not wearing masks in elevators is racist. Anyone who thinks that communism is wrong is racist. Anyone who disagrees with the liberal agenda is racist. And finally, Every single white person who lived before 1964, and let's face it, every single white person who lived after 1964, too, is racist. What do you think about that, Jack? <laughs> That's quite the list. Um, and I'm a solid chunk of those being Ridiculous. Republican. Right. And, um, right. And, yeah. and white and born after 1964. Right. The, uh, the irony here is um this entire lit like saying that uh let me sorry saying that like uh what like not supporting the lgbtq plus community right is is you can't say that that's racist because it has nothing to do with race and everything to do right. with um a completely different topic right we won't yeah into. yeah i think i think a lot of people will split hairs and like try to pick out one specific very small uh, aspect of a specific issue just for the purpose of being able to proclaim that thing racist because the word racist carries a special weight in our society of that is the worst thing that you can possibly be someone it is a lot worse for someone to be racist than for someone to be called homophobic I would say but for example with being pro-life uh, it, someone can claim that someone uh, is racist because they are pro-life simply by saying that the majority of abortions are committed by black single mothers. Therefore, if you want to stop those black single mothers from killing their children, that is racist. The irony here is that um, being pro-choice is very racist in that sense, if that's how we're going to define it, because um, you're literally advocating for the slaughter of black people because... Um, yeah, that's what abortion does. Right. It, it kills ma ma mainly black people right. it, while they are still in the womb. And if you know, if it makes me racist to say that I want more black people living in the world, then maybe I am. <laughs> right. So, the I think a big question in our culture today is the question of internalized mm. racism. Uh, so, internalized racism is basically the idea that someone can unconsciously accept the ideas of racism and especially the ideas of white supremacy. For example, someone may subconsciously think that he or she is better than a person of color and not be able to realize that thought, but the thought would be still based on racism. What do you think? So this is a really interesting um, topic, and I think that uh, if the assumption that all white people think this, which is what critical race theory once again, states, like, um, by the definition of racism, the current definition of racism, 
that is that entire ideology is race like um thinking that because i'm white i inherently believe black people to be inferior which is obviously false like i right we yeah it's very hypocritical it is yes uh for those of you who might not know what critical race theory is i can break it down for you in in just a, a few sentences uh, it's based off of critical theory and critical theory is the idea that there are critical aspects of your personality of who you are that determine where, what place you will have in society so the idea is that if you are a homosexual for example if you're gay if you're lesbian if you're transgender then that will put you at a lower place in society if you're black that will put you at a lower place in society if you are a woman, that will put you a lower place in society. These are all the critical aspects of you that critical theory would say uh, place you at a, at a disadvantage in society. And critical race theory is just like the, the racial part of that. Like if you are black, if you are not white, then you are inherently at a lower place in society. The place that critical race theory goes wrong, though, is then people try to elevate the people who they would say have a lower place in society. People will take black people uh, and and generalize those black people, say, well, black people have a disadvantage. Black people are poor. Black people didn't go to college. All of that, therefore they have a disadvantage. And because of that, we need to elevate them. We need to help them up to our level. Uh, usually it's white people doing this because according to the theory, white people would have a, a advantage in society. So the theory advocates for white people basically giving black people a helping hand up from the low place that they are in to the, the level of white people. And if you can't see how inherently white supremacist and, and racist that, that idea is, then I think you need to go read the definition of racism again because it is what it is doing it's, it's putting race as a fundamental determinant of your human traits. It's saying if you are black, then you are inherently disadvantaged and there's nothing you can do yourself to get out of that disadvantaged place. Yeah, that, yeah that's a really good way to sum it up, Caleb. Yeah, I guess I don't really know, I don't really know what else to say. Okay, Thank you. yeah. Um, so, okay, so let's talk about some, some other aspects of race in America. Obviously, there's a lot of racial tension. Uh, I would say, again, ever since the summer of 2020, there's been a lot of racial tension ever since George Floyd. Let's talk about George Floyd, Jack. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this is um, this is really interesting. I have to be really careful here. I don't want to... Um... You don't want to come off in a way that people... Right. Will... Okay. So I think that the first yeah. thing that we need to know, um, a couple things. So George Floyd was, he was a criminal. He did a lot of really bad stuff. Um, but I do not, he should not have died. Mm. I, he shouldn't have died that day. And I, I believe that Derek Chauvin used unnecessary, um, force while, um, restraining, restraint. Yeah. yeah restraining, um, restraining George Floyd. Uh, right. I think that a lot of times though, the left, um, especially black lives matter, um, as an, the organization, um, mm -hmm paint him as some angel that some police officer just saw on the side of the road and decided that he was going to kill him. And that's mm. not like, that is not the case at all. And I think that it's important to understand 
um, the facts before you look at um, what the media has to say about the whole right. thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. There was a lot of different aspects to that situation. The that that ended up in in George Floyd's death. I was discussing this with one of my friends yesterday, uh, and he brought up the fact that the hold that uh, Derek Chauvin, the police officer, used on George Floyd, was a hold that was taught to those police officers to use on people that they were restraining. However, had had Derek Chauvin uh, simply restrained George Floyd and then uh, stopped using the hold on him, George Floyd might be alive today. Um, who knows? I mean, there, there was other aspects to his death. He was high on drugs. He was to the point where he should have already been dead from the amount of drugs he was using. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, he was not. But uh, the point being, the hold was a hold that, that he should have been using. However, he stayed on his neck for way too long after he already had the handcuffs on Floyd. So I think that it was an issue of bad policing. However, does that mean that Derek Chauvin committed a racist hate crime by killing George Floyd? No, it absolutely does not. I think that um, if there was if there was evidence that Derek um, Chauvin uh, purposefully targeted Floyd because he was black, um, I would agree that that would be racism. There isn't any evidence to suggest mm. that um, he that Chauvin specifically. Um, decided to restrain um, or use force on Floyd because he was black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, even in the trial, if you if you guys watched any of the of the Derek Chauvin trial where he was being um, tried and, and prosecuted, the prosecutors don't even try to make a case of racism because they know that they could never do that. There's zero evidence that it was based off of racism. You know, I, I would say that if, if George Floyd had been a white man that day, that he still would have died. And I would say that had had uh, Derek Chauvin been a black police officer, uh, but with the same the same mind, he, he, uh, George Floyd w- still would have died. Um, so, so I think that is a pretty cut and dry situation. Like it, it is complicated in the sense that we shouldn't just say, this is what should have happened or this is what shouldn't have happened. Right, um, right. But... There is like we can say this is what did not happen in that situation, mm-hmm. and this is what did happen. Yeah. Um, and we need to say that because the truth in situations like this is very important. Because if we base, because if we accept a lie, then we base things off the lie, and we base every thing that happened in the summer of twenty twenty off that lie. All the right. riots and lootings right. that happened. That, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So the about the riots and the looting, I. So there were protests, obviously. There were mm. peaceful protests, and I think it's important to remember that. Yeah. Um, and I think that those are um, perfectly acceptable. I would even say, I would say good. Mm-hmm. I would think that people who go out and they peacefully um, voice their opinions right. and views, even if I disagree with them, it's better than, yeah. um, it's more than a lot of other Americans are willing to yeah. do. they're exercising their rights. Right. However, the uh, riots... And um, the looting that happened had nothing to do with um, George Floyd and were not an act of aggression against right. a racist government. They were an act of aggression um, 
I, I guess I don't really know why. Right. There, there I mean, there weren't like there were barely any government buildings that actually got hurt in those riots. A lot of it was small businesses, a lot of them black owned, while these people are shouting Black Lives Matter and destroying a black person's income. Right. It's it's, it's crazy, which this is a good segue into talking about BLM. Um, we had I had a lot of questions about BLM on my Instagram story sticker that I that I posted on on my Instagram. Go follow it. Partisan underscore voice underscore. Uh, and so so BLM. Uh, to in order to start this off, I'm actually going to read to you guys uh, what BLM says in their about page, or. What, what it's actually called is the her story page of the BLM site, in, you know, as opposed to his story, uh, her story. Sexist, that's not <laughs> it's, what we're talking yeah. about today. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, what it says is, um, in 2013, three radical black organizers, Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi, created a black-centered political will and movement building project called Hashtag Black Lives Matter. It was in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murder, murderer George Zimmerman. So uh, basically what happened is we had this black man named Trayvon Martin murdered uh, by uh, an, a white man named George Zimmerman. I mean, okay, I, so yeah, we are we're we're gonna read to you guys the story uh, of what happened in that situation. This is actually something that Jack and I just uh, researched recently. Do we need to say who the story is from? Yes, uh, it, this is according to uh, Daily Wire. Again, my my favorite news source. Yeah. Um. So what they say is uh, Martin was born on February 5th, 1955 or 1995 in Florida to parents Sabrina Fulton and Tracy Martin, who divorced when Martin was four years old. He attended public schools in Florida, including the Dr. Michael M. Kropp High School in Miami Gardens. He was suspended three times during his junior year for tardiness, possession of drug paraphernalia and vandalism. In October 2011, a video surveillance camera caught Martin writing graffiti on a door, prompting MDSPD office Daryl Dunn to search Martin's backpack, looking for the marker. Dunn found 12 pieces of woman's jewelry and a man's watch, matching a description of items stolen during the recent burglary of a house roughly half a mile from the school. So we already know this guy's a, a criminal. He's a right. He's a right on several thief. accounts. Right, a thief. Uh, pothead basically yep. <laughs> uh, not not a good kid you know uh, not the kind of kid that I would want my children hanging around with being influenced by uh, so the story goes on out of high school uh, while serving that third suspension a, sp- a suspension derived from the discovery of Martin's small plastic bag containing marijuana residue as well as a marijuana pipe at the end of February 2012 Martin visited his father and his father's fiance Brandy Green at Green's home at the retreat at Twin Lakes in Sanford, Florida. Residents of the community had established a neighborhood watch roughly six months before, thanks to a repeated history of burglaries. George Zimmerman was named the program coordinator. In July 2005, Zimmerman had been arrested and accused of resisting an officer, prompting him to enter an alcohol education program. So this guy knows his stuff. He knows what it looks like to be high. He knows what it looks like to be drunk. He knows he knows what a someone who is more likely to commit a crime looks like. 
Uh, and I'm not talking about skin color. <laughs> I'm talking right, about obviously. someone being influenced by substances uh, who is more likely to commit a crime because they're not in full control of their faculties. Correct. So, on February 26, 2012, Zimmerman reported that there was a young man peering into windows of homes in the community who appeared to be on drugs. THC was later found in Martin's system during the autopsy. So, Zimmerman was correct. Zimmerman thought that... that Martin looked like he was on drugs, and it, he was correct. Uh, the police dispatcher instructed Zimmerman not to follow Martin. Zimmerman later stated he obeyed the dispatcher, that Martin confronted him and punched him in the face. Witness testimony and physical evidence showed that Martin had straddled Zimmerman and pounded his head into the pavement. Zimmerman shot Martin in the chest. An officer arrived, discovering Martin dead and Zimmerman on the ground, bleeding from multiple wounds to the head and face. So... Ironically, I find this to be a very good uh, parallel to most of the situations that Black Lives Matter is all up in arms about. Right. So, right. Just unpacking this a little bit more, it's um, we can. It's it's actually very similar to uh, George Floyd. He was uh, Martin was not like he wasn't a good guy. He was um, he was a criminal. And he had a criminal record. He, um, I guess, I don't really know very much about this since it was eight years ago. Yeah. I was like seven. But um, <laughs> this, my guess is that he was painted as some hero. And as from the little research I've done, he was painted um, as a hero. And he really wasn't. Um, one, he attacked first. And uh, two, he was obviously um, planning on robbing several or at least one home mm-hmm. so this uh once again we need to establish that he wasn't a perfect angel right but um once again he should not have died mm-hmm. i think that it's a it's a tragedy that he died it's a tragedy that anybody dies in confrontations like this um but also uh zimmerman right was that that was his name yeah he was uh Sorry, like I said, I've I just I've just been reading up on this now. So, um, he uh, he fired in self defense yeah. and was not at all hostile towards um, towards Martin. Right. Yeah. And and that is seen in very many situations that Black Lives Matter uh, condemns and protests about. Where in these situations, uh, you have a black criminal who is. Uh, who is attacking or or resisting a white enforcer of the law. And I, I have a theory as to why Black Lives Matter focuses on these situations more. And I would say that is because Black Lives Matter has in the past openly condoned Marxism. And the idea of Marxism is that the oppressed should rise up against the oppressors, quote-unquote oppressed, quote-unquote oppressors. Uh, But what what this really means in America, because there's not really oppressed and oppressors, we don't have have huge systems oppressing people in the United States, Um, at least not not too openly or directly. But so what this means in America is just the people who aren't as rich or aren't as powerful should rise up against the people who are. And so I think that's why Black Lives Matter focuses on these situations and paints... Uh, people like Martin as a hero because that's what he was doing. He was resisting someone who 
was an authority figure in that situation uh, who was more powerful. Um, and that's wrong because you don't resist, you're not supposed to resist power when the power is there for a good purpose. The power in this situation was there to prevent crime. Crime was what Martin intended to do. So um, Zimmerman had every right to stop Martin. Not by killing him, of course, but the killing was what happened in self-defense. Um, you see the same thing in the situation with Jacob Blake. Uh, do you know a whole lot about the situation with Jacob I Blake? I really don't. Okay. Heard of it, but. Yeah, so Jacob Blake, that's what inspired all of the riots that led to uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. Okay. So Jacob Blake uh, was a black man who, uh, he had a girlfriend, several children. Uh, he... I, he had committed crimes in the past before. He had uh, domestically abused and raped his, his girlfriend. Um, and he, he had left her um, and taken money from her bank account. Uh, and he later came back, tried to steal her car and their children um, while he was later found to be high. Um, and the, the cops showed up because um, they, they had been on the lookout for Blake after he had domestically abused and raped his girlfriend. And so his girlfriend called the cops. They came. Uh, they, they told Blake to stop what he was doing because he was putting the children in the car trying to drive off, drive off with them. Uh, the cops told him to stop what he was doing. He also had a knife, by the way. Uh, they told him to stop what he was doing. He kept going. He kept putting them in a car. Um, and after they were in the car, he turns around to face the cops uh, while, while the knife is in his hand. And as he does this, uh, the cop shoots him. So this situation, Black Lives Matter, called a racist killing. And... Really, just because a black man is shot by a white officer does not mean that it is always out of racism. I would say that was also a level of the cop fearing for his life and knowing that, that Blake was a violent criminal. Yeah, so, um, right. What, like, just to be very clear, we're not saying in any way, shape, or form that um, any of these people deserve to die. Mm -hmm. Um they don't deserve death before um, a trial or um, until we have more information. But right. um, in the spur of the moment and everything, um, a lot, acting in self-defense in the case of uh, latter of the two that, or the, not phrased that well, the two that, uh, that wasn't racism. And we already determined that um, the killing of George Floyd was not out of racism. So I guess... A good question would be why is clearly this isn't racism. Why is um, Black Lives Matter? Um, why does Black Lives Matter exist? And um, it might not have started like this, but I would make the argument that it is um, there to make money. It is one of the most famous organization, like one of the most famous organizations in um, the United States. Everybody knows who Black Lives Matter is. Mm. Um, the, one of the founders, I believe, has um, not one house, not two houses, <laughs> but five houses, um, yet is still oppressed. Um, somehow. somehow. Somehow she's still oppressed by the, you know, the and her, white male patriarchy. Right, right. And, her, um, <laughs> and uh, needs to fight for the 
um, freedom of her, um, of her people, as she would say, right. um, which are Americans, black right. Americans, who um, she claims are under the thumb of the white patriarchy. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would I would agree that it is not fighting for what it says it is fighting for. If Black Lives Matter did truly care about black lives, I would say that they would be out there advocating for the uh, exponentially more um, black-on-black murders that happen in the United States. There's many, many more um, black people who are killed by other black people than black people who are killed by white police officers. And yet... Uh, Black Lives Matter says nothing about those. They say nothing about the millions of of babies killed every year um, from from abortions. Um, it's it's crazy how they're choosing to focus on just this this one issue that that yes is an issue. I wouldn't say it's a racial issue, but yes, it is an issue in our culture. Um, and I believe they're doing that because that is a very easy issue to rally people around because if what they were saying is happening is actually happening, then it would be pretty unjust. It would be extremely unjust. Right. If, if black people truly had to fear for their lives every time they stepped out their door, um, as many on the left would claim, I'm, mm-hmm. don't quote me on this, but I believe Joe Biden has said that in the past. Yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 someone in the Biden administration has. So, that if that were happening, I would be all for. Um, obviously, I'd be all. For, I would be fighting to protect the lives of black people because um, all like all life matters. Yeah. And it's obviously. Um, Jack, you can't say that. You're racist now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't believe that um, any life matters more than others. But I think I think that Black Lives Matter. It, yeah. Right. Yeah, that like people. I, I remember a video, a TikTok video. I think it was this. This uh, woman was saying she was she was basically saying stop saying all lives matter, um, and then she she made a comparison. She said uh, the next person who says all lives matter, I'm gonna stab you. And then as you're bleeding out on the floor, I'll show you my little paper cut and say, oh, look, my cut matters too. So like making the, saying that, sure, all lives do matter, but black lives are the ones that are under assault in our country today, which I would say that premise is completely wrong. I would say even though there is racism in our country, there will always be racism in every single country in the world. Uh, Not always white racism on black people. Sometimes it's black racism against Mexicans, for example. I had a a pastor at my church who is Mexican, and he said that when he was growing up in California, there was a lot of of racism, not only within, or or not only from the outside, but also in the, I I believe he said there was racism in the the community of, of Mexicans where there was the uh, Mexican-Americans and then the immigrants, um, and they were they were even racist against one another. And that's what I, I believe he said, uh, something like that. But it, it's always going to exist, but I don't think it exists on a huge scale in America today to the point where you could make the claim that black lives are under assault. 
Right. Um, right. And you can't, you can't say uh, that all white people are racist without being racist as well. Right. Like, um, yeah, because according to the definition of racism, you, ha- you are making a generalization about someone's race. You're saying that if someone is this race, they are this. If someone is white, they are racist. That's right. racist. In <laughs> fact, note, like, um, I think that a solid argument could be made that noticing somebody's skin color is the... Noticing somebody's skin color isn't racist. It is the root of all these problems, though. Mm. If, um, if as a country we uh, just um, accepted everybody as um, a person... Like if we, uh, if that's all we saw, I think um, an individual person, especially, I think that we need to start seeing each other as individuals Hmm. um, instead of putting everybody in a group. If we started looking at people like that, I think that that would solve a lot of our problems. Yeah. And I mean, that's what it used to be. Like it used to be, you're not racist if you are colorblind, you're blind to color. You're, you don't you don't notice that someone is black or white. You just notice them as an individual person. Martin Luther King, who was, I would argue, the greatest civil rights activist mm-hmm. in America during the civil rights movement, he argued for this point. This yeah. He would have um, detested uh, critical race theory as um, being taught in schools because um, what's advocating for is inherently racist right noticing someone's not noticing someone's skin color is not racist it's great to say oh you're 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 uh well i would say it's it's less about skin color and more about culture right so if someone was born in america they have the same culture as most other people born in america there's not really american culture it's really it's it's pretty diverse right uh but um but like if someone was born in south africa for example that's cool. I want to know about your culture. That person's probably black. I want to know well, about that person's culture. Like mo- most of the time. That's I not would, the best analogy. I would say there's I would say the majority of people born in South Africa are are black. I don't know enough about that. Yeah, neither do I, but that's that's what I would guess. <laughs> that I, just like the majority a, of people born in the US are It was a British white. colony for quite a while. Uh-huh. So there were a lot of British people there and so Yeah. That wasn't the best analogy, Caleb. <laughs> okay, okay, so let's get to the other questions that we have from our listeners. Yep. The first question by my good friend, Laura. She asks, are you racist? Are you racist, Jack? Um, absolutely not. When I, see a, when I see a black person out in, like, if I see a black person, I don't immediately think that they're inferior. I don't right. immediately think anything... Um, about them. I don't... Right. right. No, I'm not racist. Yeah. And, Laura, to answer your question, I am not racist either. Uh, it has become a, a trope of our culture to say that if someone identifies as a part of a specific set of beliefs, that inherently makes them racist, even though there are no directly racist beliefs in that set of beliefs. <laughs> So, like, if you're a conservative, you are inherently racist, even though conservatives don't hold racist beliefs. It's kind of strange, but... It's very backwards. Yeah, so I, I identify as a conservative, a, a libertarian, Identify mainly, but, with the uh, Yeah, identify beliefs. with the beliefs of a conservative, but That's none true. of those beliefs, none of those beliefs are racist, therefore I am not racist. Um, also, combined, combining that with what Jack said, um, I'm not going to judge a person at all before i get to know them right so the second question is from my friend perrin 
uh, one of my coworkers over at Chick-fil-A, uh, and he says, what needs to happen on the police side of things to avoid situations like George Floyd? Okay, so that, that's a really good question. I think that, um, um, I, think it would be, I think it would be good to have more training for police. I'm not mm. saying that this is um, a lack of training, but I think that um, we, we do need more training for police officers um, for situations like this. And then um, just, I think that the, um, one of the major problems that happened because one of the major reasons that the George Floyd incident happened uh, was actually the police union. Um, Derek Chauvin was um, the, they were going to, how do I phrase this? He was going to um, be fired um, earlier, but the union prevented that from happening. Um, um, yes. Which led to all of this, obviously. So I think that the police union, um, not that unions are inherently evil. Once again, that's an entire other issue that we could get into, and I yeah. don't know enough about it to uh, elaborate on it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would agree. There definitely needs to be more training. Also, I would say not just, not just one type of training. I think there needs to be thought training, m more thought training, and more, more physical training. Like, I would say that in that situation, I don't know if... if this would have been trained on like this type of situation like yes you can use that hold but when should you stop using that hold um but if, if that's not trained on that should definitely be something that's trained on like yeah you can you can kneel on someone's back or neck to pin them to the ground to stop them from getting up and assaulting you but only until they have handcuffs on and then they're restrained enough and and you can especially when you have multiple officers there you can just get him up and put him in the cop car drive off um so i think that kind of training needs to happen not just what to do but when and and how and like what situation is appropriate i don't know if that training is happening already but if it's not definitely needs to um so our next question is actually from our producer caleb and caleb asks what is your view? Not this, not the Caleb that's talking. Yeah, not, not the Caleb that's talking. A different Caleb. I He's promise. not referring to himself in the third person. I'm not schizophrenic, guys. I promise. Uh, but he asks, what is your view on white privilege? Um, I'll go ahead and take this one first. I think that white privilege is, to some extent, uh, not, not white privilege, I would say, but I would call it black underprivilege. And I would not say that this is a result of institutions that we have today, but I would say that the past does affect the present. And in the past, when black people were treated very racistly in America, and when they were there were institutions set up specifically for the purpose of mistreating black people, in those times, black people had to do a lot of things in order to just stay alive. A lot of them had to become criminals and steal. Uh, a lot of them would just it started a cycle of of crime throughout many black families and that cycle has not yet been broken that's why you see um a a very large difference in the amount of black crime and white crime there's a lot more white crime in our country or sorry black crime in our country if you look at the percentages um i i don't say i don't think that that excuses it however i would say that those black people are still responsible for their actions and that they 
should be the ones breaking the cycle and that just because there is a cycle does not mean that's what they have to be. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that too. I would say, um, with white privilege, it's, um, I think that you cannot, you can't apply white privilege to everybody. Like Mm. it's the kid that the, according to, um, the left, the, um, LeBron James is the, one of the most wealthy, um, athletes ever, uh, is a victim of racism, Mm. but the, um, homeless white guy sitting on the side of the road in Minneapolis is the, uh, is, is the oppressor of LeBron James. He, um, he has white privilege. And I think that, um, once again, we just need to stop seeing, uh, people's race, um, or the color of their skin and more, um, their humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very non-racist thing for you to say, Jack. Congratulations. Uh, so our next question comes uh, from uh, Ruth. Uh, Ruth says, can a non-white person be racist towards white people when it isn't uh, systemic? So what I think Ruth is asking here is, like, can someone who is not white um, be racist against a white person in a country like America, where obviously black people... Uh, have never really been in control of of the power structures until recently. Um, obviously, not that they're in complete control, but right? Like but have- there, we have had a black president, guys. Like, come on, we, we there there have been black people who have controlled uh, systems of our country. We're, right, we're better than the nineteen sixties, right? The eighteen sixties or yeah. We're not like all those racist white people before 1964. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, that, that, yes, Jack. I'm sure that everyone knows that was a joke. Okay, I'm just making sure. I hope. Um, but can a non-white person be racist towards white people, like in a country like America? I would say definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a book by Ben Shapiro uh, the other day. It's called "Facts Don't Care About Your Feelings." Um, and it's his favorite book? <laughs> Not quite, but uh, uh, Shapiro, uh, he was making the point that racism does not only come out of power systems. Racism is often used to form power systems. So even though uh, some uh, a specific race does not have these power, does not hold these power structures, they can still be racist in order to try to take control over them. And uh, this, is, this can especially happen when you're pitting one race against another, like, like is what's happening right now. Black people are being pitted against white people by organizations like Black Lives Matter, telling them that white people are the oppressors and they are the oppressed and they need to rise up against the oppressors. Yeah, so like once again, you kind of you hit it right on, on the nose. So I yeah. don't have too much to add to that. Okay. Um, All right, the next question is from Nick. And Nick asks, do disparities in crime and incarceration mean that there is systemic racism? So I have, um, I had some, I don't really have any statistics on, uh, I don't have any statistics on that. I found some with whatever. Mm. But um, I, I don't think that that's racist. If... 
more black people commit violent crimes and are arrested than white people, then that, um, then that's not racism. That's right. because, and I, and I'm not at all saying that, um, that's what happens. I, that was just an example that I used, mm-hmm. but I mean, I would, I would say that almost everyone would agree that there is more black crime and therefore more black incarceration on a percentage level. Uh, than white incarceration in our country. And what I mean by on a percentage level is that even if there might be more white people committing crimes or more white people being incarcerated, there is a higher percentage of the black population than there is a percentage of the white population uh, doing those things and being incarcerated. Correct. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would agree that's not racist. That's, sure, it might be the result of racism long ago, um, but black people still need to be held accountable for their actions. They can, they have the ability to break the cycle. This is another one of the very racist ideas on the left. You, they, they assume that black people cannot break themselves out of their circumstances mm-hmm. and right. rise above their circumstances. Right. Black people can. Black people are the same as white people, guys. Like, they, they don't have any inherent disadvantages when they are born. They have, they're just, they can be just as smart. They can be just as wise with the decisions they make in their lives. They have the potential for everything that a white person has the potential for. And to say anything less than that is racist. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I would say that disparities in crime and incarceration does not necessarily mean that there's systemic racism and does not mean that in our country. So the final question we have today is from my friend Ilana, and Ilana asks, do you believe that we all have some sort of prejudice towards other races? Okay, so um, this is interesting. So our, I'm not a psychologist, but I know that our brains are wired. We like to um, spend time with and associate ourselves with people that are like us. Mm. Um, physically or otherwise but that's not racist um it's not at all racist and so um yeah i guess that'd be my answer i don't think that i think that yeah i don't think that you're inherently yeah i mean yeah so i would say prejudice is more about looking at someone's skin color and judging them based off of that like Mm -hmm. saying that person is black therefore i'm not going to enjoy their company or something like that um like going by your example of spending time or hanging out with them i would say that yes our brains are wired to make us like the people who are similar to us i would say that's more on a personality level um but there is also like the 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 not the fear, but the the unknown of the unknown, I guess. Like, you don't know. If you are a child who has always grown up, um, like, if you are a black child and you've always grown up around black people, like, often happens in countries in Africa where it's a black population and then they have a white person come in. And these black children who have never seen a white person in their life are terrified of the white person because it's like why the heck is your skin so light like it's not it's not normal to them right so they they fear that which they do not understand or or that which they're not uh uh used to 
Yeah, and then I I think part of the part of this issue is um, the division being created by the left and organizations like Black Lives Matter, constantly pointing out our differences. Mm. And I think that we just need to find unity as um, like we're all people, and I think that we need to start realizing that. Like right, yeah, I think that that would. Yeah. Like I said before, that would solve a lot of the problems that we have today. Yeah. I think that is a, a great place to wrap up this episode. I think we just solved racism, Jack. Just everyone needs to understand that we are all human. We're all made in the image of God. We all have our, our own personalities, yes, but our on a physical level, there is no reason why we, we should be uh, discriminating against one another um, or or killing one another because of that um so yeah thank you jack for coming on this is yeah, very thanks fun for having me yeah of course and um, make sure you guys go follow my instagram at partisan underscore voice underscore uh share this episode with your friends if you think they will like it if not don't or they'll find you annoying um trust me i've had that experience before uh yeah thank you for listening guys and i'll see you next time